it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Hey, here we go. <laughs> you, <clears throat> listen up now. You have reached the end or are reaching the end of a weird week. I mean, you got to admit. And that's for everybody. That's for all of us, okay? But particularly those of us in the northern half of the state of Mississippi today, <laughs> okay? You, you've reached the end of what has been a weird week. And, I, you know, I don't know, again, depending on how far north you go, I don't know if you're going to be out moving around, driving around today or tomorrow or not, okay? Because not all that stuff's going to melt off the roads today. Some of it will, but not all of it. And then tonight it's getting down to, like, I don't know, 14 degrees, something like that, 27 tomorrow, and then down in the teens again. So, I, you know, we're still a few days of it. This has been a weird week. People can't go to work. Mail can't run. It can't pick up your garbage. Can't get to the grocery store for a lot of folks. Goodness, we're just not used to the ice down here. But I want to quote one of our loyal listeners uh, that I saw today on Twitter. Well, I don't know that I'll be able to find it. I, I, I'll just have to paraphrase but uh our good old buddy old pal real c put on twitter listen it's winter stop complaining about it it's supposed to be cold and then he said something along the lines of you know nine months of summer was enough for me and then he got a bunch of applause i kind of agree with that so here we are with you on a friday and you can be a part of the show and i hope you will be you can text me or call me text me on the Country please and text line 885-3776. A 601 number. 601 number 885-3776. Another way to remember the text line is 885-ESPN. You can also call me on the Divini phone, the Divini equipment phone line. Get to hear your voice that way. 995-1059. Call me. 995. Ah, that's the wrong number. Hang on, back up. We got a new number. It is 897-1059. Got it? 897-1059. Give me a call. Now, Nick texts in, and he disagrees with Real C. He says this is a rare L by Real C. Now, I agree with Real C. Look, I, you know, I'm not saying that I want this, you know, chilly weather, temperatures down in the teens, for a couple nights here and there and snow and ice on the ground to stay. I don't want it to stay, and it's not going to. We know that. I mean, by this time next week, it's going to be 60 degrees and raining. Okay? So, I. but to his point, look, it's like one or two weeks out of the year, we get really cold weather. It didn't even snow at all last year. Okay? So, we can handle it. We can handle it. May I jump in? As opposed to nine months of summer. Yes, by all means, B, please jump in. Nick has been getting my goat because the uh, he's done this before. And then just a couple days ago, he was texting about, oh, I'm ready for 105 and mosquitoes. Look, man, Nick, I literally want to fight you. <laughs> and I don't just mean a war of words. I want to hit you in your face. Uh, because... Think about it, man. Okay. This cold weather, this ice that we had. Yeah, it's it sucks, but you know what? 
it it sucks for two days, yeah. and then we fall out. It's a pain in the bottom on the roadways, and it lasts two days, and then it thaws, and you know within five days we're back to upper sixties. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the summer, it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. From May to June to July hotter to August, and you've got a hundred degrees, and it lasts for like. If you have like a month straight at a hundred, but oh, that that two days when it was cold, oh, I hate it. I'd rather have a hundred degrees for twenty eight straight days. <laughs> Get it out of my face, Nicholas. <laughs> he went baby talk on you, Nick. Did you hear that? B went baby talk on you. You know you've riled him up when he goes baby talk on you. 28 straight days of 100 degrees. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, you know, it's not like it's going to be around forever. It's not like we're going to have two straight months of ice on the ground. That'd be a whole different story, right? And so we can take it. I mean, I will admit, I, I generally like the hot weather better than the cold weather. But I, w- I will admit that, you know, the one thing about the cold weather is you don't sweat, <laughs> Beaver. You know what I mean? It's like we're not all walking around dripping sweat off our nose and earlobes <laughs> like we are in July and August for months at a time. <laughs> now, let's see. I mentioned the mail, and Joe Mailman says, oh, yeah, the mail will run. But I, that's the thing, though. They can't. Okay, if you if you live where I live, you'd see what I'm talking about. The last couple of days, like, there's no such thing as them delivering the mail. They can't do it. Can't. Like, the vehicles will not do it. Okay. Let's see. What else? Legba texts the show. What's up? He's on the country, please, and text line today. Says, Hail State from Legba. Hope y'all thaw out. We're starting to thaw out. So, got a ways to go, though. See, and that's the deal. It's like, how much are we still going to have on the ground stuck when it gets down to 15 degrees tonight? Cause then at that point, and then tomorrow the high is 27. It's not melting. Whatever's left by the time sun goes down today in North Mississippi, it's here for two more days for sure. Then Nick kind of throw it. You went uppercut Beaver. He's going left hook back to you. He texts the show and says, Beav better than Ezra sounds better on a boat in the sunshine. I mean, to each his own. I mean, uh, Nick, some people might like it better than Ezra, you know, sitting out in an ice storm. I, you know, I mean, it's to each Nicholas, his Nicholas, ah, look, King of New Orleans will sound the same in January as it does in July. <laughs> don't, don't try to tug on my heartstrings to get me to change my argument. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, Beav, uh, when you have an ice storm or snowstorm, let's say so roads get covered and the kids are out of school and they can sled, okay, like we've had in North Mississippi, right? How do you feel about kids who don't live in the neighborhood, who drive into the neighborhood with their four-wheelers and their ATVs and tear up all the good sledding roads with their ATVs and four-wheelers and drive back to their neighborhood. How do you feel? Oh, I don't about care that? for that. I don't care for that one bit. That's like, you know what? People do that with a neighborhood swimming pool. Yeah. Saints bro would tell me stories just last summer about how 
he noticed an awful lot of out of out of county car tags mm-hmm. at his neighborhood swimming pool. <laughs> so yeah, use your own ice. I mean, you and I were talking Seinfeld earlier, but doesn't that sound like a a George problem on Seinfeld? It does. Like he goes to visit his parents who you know are living at one of the like the villages in Florida, right? And they have access to a community pool and he can't there's nowhere to swim and there's nowhere to lay out in the sun because there's people there but it turns out he's noticing these people don't live here i mean does it not sound like an episode of seinfeld it really does yeah and the other thing okay in our neighborhood there's an old nine hole golf course over there old the uh, you know i guess used to be the country club uh, in tupelo this old bel-air uh deal and it's a really it's run by really nice people, but it's an older nine hole kind of municipal type golf course. Well, I mean, big open fairways, right? Covered in a smooth sheet of snow and ice. Well, what are these idiot kids <laughs> with their ATVs and their fancy four wheelers, like from up the road? What do they do? They come riding in here and go joyriding, and this thing is like it's not eight. In, the the snow's not eight inches thick. Here it's like an inch and a half, two inches, right? And they're out there doing donuts, riding around on the golf course. Well, underneath that is your the the grass in the fairway and the grass on the greens, which is dormant this time of year. Which if you go out there and you tear that grass up right now while it's dormant, guess what? It ain't coming back. And so they went out there doing that, idiots. Where are their parents? Where are the parents in all this? That's what I want to know. I know they're out of school and are bored. Okay? But parents, where are you? <laughs> well, there, ladies and gentlemen, is your inauspicious start to the show today. I'm coming to some more of your texts here. Uh, I may have to do a little bit of a reboot. I've, I've gotten into a thing here on the Country Pleasing text line where... It only ref- is only refreshing manually. So let me reboot this because I got Jason and J Rock and a whole bunch of others I got to get to here and make sure I don't miss them. All right. So maybe this will do it. And then we'll get started. Now, before I read those, there is something I want to discuss with you. It is sort of loosely related to the NIL topic on yesterday's show. I'm not going to rant and rave. It's a couple of stories, though. One is I, have you seen the numbers? Just the, have you add, been able to add up the overall numbers of players at Alabama who have left since Nick Saban announced his retirement this past weekend? It's pretty staggering, and I'll tell you what the total number is and what those players are rated. Okay, and weigh that against another story in the SEC where you got a player who jumped from one SEC school to another, and he kind of lashed out at his former fan base and told them, listen, y'all don't understand, it's just – business <laughs> okay so it's linebacker for hire running back for hire that's all this is there's there's no loyalty whatsoever not that you necessarily needed me to tell you that okay so i'm coming to those numbers and those stories for you uh, in just a second all right somebody text the show on the country pleasing text line country pleasing sausage and yes i ate sausage for breakfast jalapeno and cheddar from country pleasing it was really good. And I'm drinking hot coffee in my Country Pleasing mug right now. 
Hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com, get some. You will be glad you did. All right. Somebody said, as someone who has walked to courthouses in the summer heat, 100 degrees is not worth it. <laughs> That's a text we had. J-Rock text the show. Now, he never did tell J-Rock, you never did tell me if your pizza pictures you sent me yesterday, which appeared to include some uh, country-pleasing sausage on the pizza, if that was homemade or if you bought it somewhere. I, I still need to know where that is. Uh, but anyway, J-Rock says, preach on, Beaver. I agree 100%. Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona says, anyone wanting 105 in mosquitoes, quote-unquote, over a bit of cold needs an intervention. He says, I'll take the 130 inches of snow we got last year, every year, over the first mosquito. <laughs> yeah, and they're biting you and getting... It swells up and you're itching all the time, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. That's something we put up with down here. What about red bugs? Jason, you ever get into some red bugs? You talk about awful. Ghost Pepper. Hadn't heard from you in a while. Ghost Pepper says Joe Mailman was once a designated driver. Everyone got home safely, but he dropped them all off the wrong house. <laughs> Why do I need to know that? <laughs> Uh, unnamed texture always prefer hot over cold. Hot weather does not grind things to a halt like a quarter of an inch of ice will. Good point. Now, and, and that is some of what has been my reasoning in the past of why I prefer the warm weather. You know, and I, what are you going to do about the weather? But I kind of prefer it because, you know, when it's hot, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah, you, you do sweat. I get it. But, you know, it's hot. I can go play golf. I can go fishing. Do pretty much anything. Yard work, sightseeing, go for a walk, swim, ski. You can do pretty much anything you want to do when it's hot. But you cannot sled down your driveway. Well, you could, but you'd regret it. Nick texts the show uh, and says, Kevin remembered running through the wet grass, not the snow beef. Okay, I'm done now. And I don't even know. That's like an inside conversation. I don't even know what that's referencing. Maybe that's a better than Ezra. Deal. All right, J-Rock, he bought that pizza and added the sauce. So he bought pizza somewhere and added country-pleasing sausage on top of it. Come on with that. Let's discuss this for the next little while. May have to try that. Thanks for the, uh, the info. All right. Text line open, phone lines open. Here are the numbers, y'all. Since Nick Saban... Decided to retire at Alabama. Their current transfer portal losses. Alabama players who have hit the transfer portal. A total of three five-stars. 14 four, former four-star players. Nine former three-star players. A grand total of 28 players from Alabama have hit the transfer portal since Nick Saban said, see ya. And here's the other the way to look at it. So 28 total players, three of those are former five stars, 14 of them are former four stars, and nine are former threes. The 28 players who have decided to transfer from Alabama, 
combined would have been the sixth best recruiting class in the entire country in 2024. They basically, Alabama football is losing the equivalent of the sixth best recruiting class in the country just in guys who are in the transfer portal leaving. Yeah, you know, is it is it an is what it is thing? What do you chalk that up to? I mean, unusual. Is that the way it's going to be anytime a coach decides to retire? I mean, like, I don't know what you chalk it up to. The guy who compiled those, tweeted those out, is somebody who um, apparently writes for Saturday Down South. And that particular tweet from him, uh, there were some responses under it. I'm trying to kind of look at, at it here. There was one there from someone that said, um, here it is. Somebody responded, Tennessee fan responded to that and said, Hypo lost around 35 players in his first year and didn't cry about it. No pity for me for the Bammers. I've seen some portal commits to Alabama and then go big orange. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's not entirely unprecedented. For uh, you have a coaching change, players leave, you know, and this is unprecedented if you wanted to call it that, though, in that it is, you know, arguably, arguably the greatest coach of all time and they had a little des- uh, dynasty going and now he's out and they're all out. You know, so to this point, as of January the 18th, 19th, 28 players have hit the portal three former fives, 14 former fours. You're probably going to see some more before it's all said and done, right? And then it would lead you to believe that at some point between now and August, Alabama's going to have to load up on some players coming in. And it's going to change some things for them for sure. I, You know, it is – you just have to be curious, don't you, to see how what kind of effect is this going to have. <laughs> I mean, it has to have an effect, wouldn't you think? But – Certainly curious to see exactly tangibly how that is going to play out. So you have those numbers there. Now, I mentioned Tennessee. This was a story that uh, popped up. A Tennessee player has left, and he's going to Kentucky. His name is Gerald Mincy, offensive tackle. The story at Knox News says former Tennessee offensive tackle Gerald Mincy didn't think he deserved harsh criticism from fans for transferring to Kentucky. Part of the reason he said he didn't deserve criticism is because he played injured. He was hurt. He kept on playing for Tennessee. He voiced his frustration on X, formerly Twitter. His tweet said, this is after going to uh, Kentucky, Really gave my all to Tennessee. Reading all these negative comments hurts, man. Not going to lie. Played this past season with a torn MCL and was able to help my team win a bowl game with a big smile on my face because I did love being a volunteer. But, expletive, business is business. Go from Tennessee to Kentucky. Because... 
business is business. So just go to the highest bidder, right? So you, you have basically a couple of things that primarily seem to always factor in. I know there are exceptions. There are two things that primarily always seem to factor into these things. Well, you've got starters at big programs that they're leaving. They're starters. They're established. They're going to play if they stay, but they leave. And generally, it's two things going into it. Number one is money. You know, how much is this place going to give me to stay versus how much is that place going to give me to leave and go? And, you know, what that deal is. And so... That's what they mean when they say business is business. Now, the other thing is that it'll pop up, I guess, with an established starter. Could be a proximity thing. Could be a, like, how close are you to home? And, you know, given the different scenarios, that's sometimes a little easier to even maybe understand than the other. The thing is, playing time, that usually only factors in with guys who are riding the bench, or maybe they didn't get to play as a freshman and they leave early, or they've been riding the bench and all that kind of stuff, but it's a whole different demand for those kinds of players, it seems like. When you have starters like this go from one SEC team to the other, it's just strictly about the other team needed it bad enough, needed you bad enough, they wanted to pay you more to come over there and play. So how do you feel about that? What do you think? Your comments, your texts, your thoughts coming up. And we found out Beaver does not like the movie Nacho Libre. And I think I know some other movies he wouldn't like. And I'm going to test it out on him coming up next. Stick around. The amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Now, first up, Ernest T. texted the show on the country-pleasing text line. He said, Nacho Libre is a sneaky classic. With the wrestling angle, I'm surprised Beaver doesn't like it. Hey, he just hadn't made it through it yet. <laughs> so he didn't like it that much. Now, hey, Beaver, I have a theory here. I think if you if you weren't all that enthralled with Nacho Libre. Let me guess. You also don't like the Austin Powers movies. I liked them all. See, I whiffed. See, I would have thought. I would think if you like Austin Powers, you could like Nacho. Hmm. I, that confuses me. This confuses me. I'm going to have to give you your money back and ask you to come back for another visit here uh, at our... So, so, was it psychiatry? Psychology office. Yeah. Psychiatry. Stop trying to figure me out. <laughs> Stop trying to figure me out. Yeah, I didn't figure that out. Shoot, I thought for sure you probably didn't, if you didn't like Nacho. I'll keep trying, though. I'll keep trying to figure it out. <laughs> All right, backtracking here. Jason in Flagstaff says he saw that about Alabama uh, where DeBoer, the new coach from Washington, is trying to, he says, get Washington three-star guys to replace the five-star Saban players. He says, I give him two seasons if that's the plan. Jason, when I looked at it, that thought went scurrying across my brain as well. Okay, listen. 
whole new day in Alabama. The players that are there, they don't want to play for him. They don't want to play for Alabama. They don't want to be at Alabama on the downturn. That's the way they're looking at it. They're going, I mean, for the guys that are leaving Alabama, it has to be one of two things. Either one, I came here to play for Alabama, period. That's, I mean, for, for Saban, period. If Saban was coaching Tennessee, I'd go there. If Saban was coaching LSU, I'd go there. If Saban was you know, coaching Florida, I'd go there. I came here because of Saban. And if Saban ain't here, I ain't staying here. So that's one thing that it says to me. And the other thing it says to me is at least that group of players going, okay, no matter what, you know, what I'm offered in terms of NIL money here to stay, I'm just going somewhere else, maybe either for more money or, look, this thing ain't going to do what it has been doing, and I don't want to be a part of that. It's one of those two things, unfortunately. You know, here's another thing i got to ask for you all. Some of you that keep up with recruiting very closely, you'll know the calendar on this. Was this a deal where you think Saban and Alabama, all of them intentionally, they they announce his retirement after signing day? Like it's intentionally done after signing day? Get a bunch of kids signed and then retire? It's worth asking. Is anybody else asking that question? It's a good question. No, but I had the same thought too, Jason. Listen, Number one, it's already off to a little bit of a not positive start. Now, wins and losses on the field are ultimately all that will matter on this deal for him, for Kalen DeBoer, the new coach at Alabama. You play the games, you win them, all is well. Okay, that's ultimately where rubber meets the road. But it's not off to a rosy start. It doesn't have a positive feel. So you got to work through that. For, for whatever it's worth, it does not have a positive look or feel to it. So let's say that more players do leave. Let's say that they do have a harder time getting players in there than they have in the past. Let's say that they don't stack up four- and five-star players the way Nick Saban has for years now, which is what? Likely. Okay. Let's say Alabama even though they, they have a law school and medical school, let's say they don't raise the kind of pay-for-play money that Ohio State and Michigan and Texas and Texas A&M do. I mean, that's likely, right? Right. Then guess what's going to happen, Jason? This is not going to last very long. You know, I, and, and when, I, when I say what I'm about to say, Please understand, you know, he passed away over the last couple of years, but Ray Perkins was a fine person, was a great guy, and a heck of a football coach. Okay, but that's what it'll be. It'll be like Ray Perkins taking over for Bear Bryant in that it's just a lose-lose situation. You know, congrats on getting the job. Your name is in the books. You got the paycheck and you had the experience and having the broad shoulders enough to go take it on even when most of us could look at it and go, you don't want to be the next guy after Saban. 
You want to be the next, next, or next, next, next after Saban. But you don't want to be the next one because it's very likely it's just not going to work out for you. Especially in today's era when nobody hangs on for very long anymore or is willing to. You know, so the the other side of this too, Jason, is if we jot this down and agree to come back and have this conversation two or three years from now after this thing has blown up at Alabama and now they're going to move on from DeBoer and go do the next guy and try to, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's promise to come back and have this conversation in two to three years whenever that happens and admit that we discussed it now on January the 19th, 2024, that this open transfer portal and pay-for-play era, I'm not calling it NIL anymore because that's just not what it is, okay? So let's just stop the, the charade here. I'm not calling it NIL. I'm not calling it that. It's pay-for-play. So in this open transfer portal and pay-for-play era, our up-and-coming coaches, the coaches that are on the hot, the hot names on the hot list, are they going to be more likely to just stay where they are when they have built something, when they have their players like he had at Washington, when they have their success, it becomes a benchmark you can build off of, when you have players coming transferring in, you got more players wanting to come than wanting to leave. You've got it set up. You've got it established. Okay? And instead of jumping to that next challenge and deciding you're going to go try to, you know, cash in on the, the next job, knowing that if you do it, when the moment it is announced you're leaving, hey, congrats to you. Okay, you got yourself a new job, right? Congrats. But guess what's going to happen? You better save your money because in two to three years you're out because the results are going to be just about every time. Is the place you're leaving from, its program is going to fall apart and its roster is going to fall apart and have to be rebuilt by somebody else in a year. And the place you're going, its roster is going to fall apart and it's going to have to be rebuilt over the next year. And so you want to jump from the one big job to the to another big job, fine, go ahead, you know, tell your agent to get to negotiating. But guess what? You're going to be doing it again in two years or three years. That's how it looks to me. <laughs> and to that Tennessee fan who commented, I do think it's a good comment. Hypo went to Tennessee and everybody skedaddled, okay, and they hung in there and got it done. It's not like it can't be done, but I, I th- this is not a knock on Tennessee, but listen, you're not Alabama. It ain't even close to the same situation. The only thing similar is when Hypo went to Tennessee is players transferred. That's the only thing similar. Tennessee hadn't won squat and was in NCAA trouble and had been less than average for a long time. This is Alabama and Nick Saban. They've been beating everybody's brains in for 15 years. Okay, playoffs and championships every other year for as long as, you know, your teenage son who just got his driver's license can remember his whole life. It's a totally different situation that DeBoer is walking into. So to equate them is really not that smart. 
All right, back to the text line, the country pleasing text line. Look at more bully. He got himself one of those um, black tags. He got it personalized, and it supports uh, law enforcement. a boy. a boy. Now I can look for you. <laughs> Somebody else texts the show and says, if you're going to treat college football like a business and the fans like customers, then don't expect them to treat you like family. Hey, that's in response to the Tennessee kid going, hey, I'm, I transferred to Kentucky, and now I'm going to play against Tennessee. But, hey, business is business. I can't believe you all would say these things. Hey, good point. So so we're, we're supposed to be loyal and nice to you? You know, I mean, it's a two-way street, big boy. Dog Tired in Florence texts the show and says, okay, it's a picture of, yellow, of a bison in Yellowstone National Park. 36 degrees below zero. He says, I was there. We rode snowmobiles for 90 miles in Yellowstone. Wow. Now that would be an adventure. Hey, Old Tackle, I got your text. A couple of folks have asked about, you know, landing spots for Will Rogers with what's going on now at Washington and so on and so forth. Um, and, I, and I'll, let's think on it talk about it next. I don't, I don't know. Let's talk about it next. We'll address it. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team, your local Farm Bureau insurance agents all across the great state of Mississippi. Text or call. You can text me on the country, please, and text line. Number to text, 885-3776. Another way to remember the text line is 885-ESPN. Now, there's a new number to call, fairly new number, mostly the same, just three different digits. Okay, so the number for the Divinity Equipment phone line, 897-1059. Got it? Listen up. 897-1059. And that's a 601 number, so I'd love to hear from you uh, today. So Old Tackle asked the question, hey, Matt, where do you think would be a good landing spot for Will Rogers? Well, you know, I saw where, you know, as soon as the coaching staff leaves Washington after he made the decision to transfer there and does have a spot that he put his name in the portal, but it was one of those where, you know, you kind of have deadlines if you're even consider it, you put it in there, you can always come out of the portal and stay where you are. But if you wait too long, you can't get in there, right? Now, here's what is confusing about all of it. And here's why, you know, Old Tackle, I would love to be able to tell you, okay, number one, this school, number two, that school, number three, this school. But here's here's why it is, if I'm trying to do a good job and, you know, consider all of the realistic factors that they are weighing well, Washington is a factor, right? Because you have 
Jed Fish, who's a heck of a coach and a, and a heck of a guy, who did an excellent job at Arizona, parlayed that in, you know, a three-year job of building that thing up from the ground up. And now he's at Washington, right? So if the opportunity is there to, to play for him, uh, that could be great, you know, depending on what the offense is going to be and look like and how they're going to do it and who's going to coach on the offensive side and all that. So that's a factor, but also I would think is a factor is even before the end of the year, there were strong hints that the quarterback at Arizona, Fafita, and that big receiver who is phenomenal, by the way, who they were high school teammates, that they might be able to hit the market and see who the highest bidder was, right? There'd be a lot of demands for their service as the kind of year they have. Well, if those two guys want to go to Washington and play for Jed Fish, I guarantee you the option is there. Mm. Now, whether or not they put their names in, I don't follow it that closely. But, again, all that to say, old tackle, you know, once you've made the decision to transfer to Washington, okay, and so that's, you know, you look to see who the new staff is coming in, you meet with them, and, and you search through that option as well. Okay, the other thing, too, is I don't, I mean, other than Washington, I don't know who else Will Rogers was close to going to the first time. See, when he left Mississippi State and popped up in the transfer portal, you know good and well it wasn't just one school that he talked to. Washington's not the only place he considered. There would have been others at that time also. I honestly would have thought Auburn. Auburn and Hugh Freeze tried like crazy. It's like <laughs> – you know, Cohen and Freeze, their first year at Auburn, they, that first offseason after Coach Leach passed away, they tried like crazy to get Will Rogers to listen to him come to Auburn, and he didn't do it. And I would have thought they'd have tried that again. You know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. It didn't seem like they did. But I, I thought about that one too. At any rate, I don't know. <laughs> All of those all those words and sentences and paragraphs I just fed you to to ultimately say it sound what it sounds like is I just don't really know. Hey Beaver, Ernest T was asking about uh, Napoleon Dynamite. You like that movie? I do. Okay. So you like Napoleon Dynamite, which is a great movie. You like the Austin Powers, which are definitely funny and entertaining, but you couldn't hang in there on Nacho Libre. Well, now. I'll be fair with it, though. You know, I said I only made it through, like, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. I'll finish it. I'll finish it, Matt Wyatt. I'm okay, not going to okay. base. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So saying I didn't like it, I, I won't go that far yet. Okay. You got to see it, all of it, to decide if you don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Okay, so that's where we are. All right. <laughs> um, White Denzel says, he says that uh, he thinks Greg Byrne didn't want Caleb DeBoer. He says, I think he had to settle for him. I think he and Saban went, wanted Lane, but didn't want... Wait a minute. think he and Saban wanted Lane, but didn't want Lane to feel the pressure of following Saban. Okay. Denzel weighing in that he feels like who they really wanted was Lane Kiffin. Um... Now, Tiger Bait says, what if he wins a natty? Now, Tiger Bait, are you talking about the guy at Alabama? Is that what we're talking about? Because I, I realized we were all over the place at the time that you texted me, 
10 minutes ago, and that's my fault. But is that what – yeah, I mean, look, if he, if he wins a national championship at Alabama, then, yeah, the new Bama coach, okay. Well, if he wins, then game on. And it'll be right back flip this time next year instead of – it'll be the opposite of instead of everybody leaving Alabama, they'll have more players wanting to transfer than they can shake a stick at to Alabama. Open transfer. No reason for anybody to stay anywhere, right? Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, he says, I know Jed Fish is doing everything he can to get Arizona's quarterback room to Washington. Might be an opportunity in Tucson for Will Rogers if Fish has his way. Yeah, well, I would guarantee you, I see like we were talking about, Fafita and that receiver, I mean, you talk about rotten now. <laughs> and see, there's another reason that it just makes sense for if you're going to have a pay-for-play environment, it just makes sense to to really just bring it all on up to the surface here and deal with it for what it is. Right, and stop messing around with the idea that you know you 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 can't afford to have some sort of contractual agreement with these guys that you're paying because it would open the door legally to the whole employee thing and now the taxes come into play the the consequences for what it does having to turn loose of other teams and opportunity you know Nobody will discuss it, it seems like, in a lot of those terms and out in the public in terms of reality. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to. I mean, if so many schools, athletic departments, and other budgets on campus are going to depend on football revenue, okay, then you're just going to have to do what you're going to have to do. And nobody can go very long with a situation like this, Jason, where the, every year there are multiple situations like Jed Fish who they leave. He has a contract, but you got to pay his buyout or he pays yours, however that works. So he leaves on a contractual basis and immediately goes to a new place and tries to bring all your players with him. In a time frame that puts a new coach coming in in a tough spot in terms of loading his roster for year one. You know, nobody's going to want to continue to prop up this whole, this mess of a scenario when they're all dependent on football and football revenue. Okay. And you can go, well, I mean, if you, if they do contracts and open up the whole employee thing for, you know, football, men's basketball, revenue sports, it's going to get rid of, track and field, and it's going to get rid of non-revenue sports, it's going to get rid of the golf team and the the equestrian team and the golf team. Well, maybe in terms of an NCAA-sanctioned sport where you're giving out scholarships, but you could still have club. You know, as a university, you could still provide all those opportunities for the students, like on a club level. Still compete with other schools, still play the game, still do all the stuff. It's just not under the quote-unquote NCAA umbrella or whatever they, they call the NCAA down the road. But you just can't continue on down the line where 
it is just so upside down and and like out of whack and ugly and 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 like unhealthy it is so upside down and unhealthy when you consider it again you have coaches who are who are who are paid so much that have these big deals you know the highest paid public employees in every state are like football coaches right so they got agents and they got contracts and it costs them if they leave it costs you if you fire them I mean this whole thing going on on one hand and on the other hand we have sort of a you know one street off campus is over here is our collective and we're operating a pay for play deal to pay our athletes and pay our football players. And so when this coach leaves, he immediately just takes all those guys with him or any of them that he wants anyway, as long as the new school will fork up the money. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just not going to last long that way. So some things will have to give. But it does appear that's the situation they have on their hands at Washington and at Arizona. All right, Hour 2 coming up. Preview basketball. Stick around.